Get ready for your faith and healing to grow today. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be bound and you don't have to be in pain. God has made a promise to heal you through his work on the cross and he wants you well. It's all about knowing his will, receiving his blessing and acting upon his word. Welcome to the Be Healed podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and this podcast is all about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that sets us free from sin, from sickness, and all the power of the enemy, so you too can be healed. If this is your first time joining the podcast, I'd like to welcome you to the family and invite you to subscribe for easier access to future episodes. Let's get ready to listen to episode number five entitled, Let My People Go, part two. Episode number four, we describe the awesome reality that the more we know God intimately, the more we come to know what he desires and how he will act. We covered six different aspects of God's heart and character from the book of Exodus when God sent Moses to declare to Pharaoh, let his people go. Today, in part two of this teaching, we're going to dig deeper into one of the most powerful truths about God and how he acts that I believe has helped my faith grow tremendously, and I believe it will do the same for you. In James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it reads, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What a powerful scripture this is, and very, very direct to us. It describes in the context of lacking wisdom that we should pray. And understand that God gives wisdom liberally and without reproach. That's the kind of father that he is. But it describes that when we're asking, we should be asking in a state of faith with no doubting. Now, a lot of people say they have faith, but few people can honestly say that they pray without any doubt at all. That's somebody who's truly become fully persuaded that God's word is going to come to pass, that they know that God will do what he says he will do. Now, a lot of people think that God operates in a haphazard way. Sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's like that. Well, we just don't really know. It's impossible to pray the prayer of faith if we don't have confidence in how God is going to respond to our prayer. You see, the Bible describes that the one who has the doubting is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. It, it, it even describes that that person, even though they're praying, shouldn't receive anything from the Lord. Why? Well, in verse 8, it says that person is double-minded. He's unstable in all his ways. You see, we want to get far away from being unstable. We want to become singular in our thinking, not double-minded. In the area of healing, this is so true that we must believe God's word that he desires to heal us and will heal us when we pray. If we doubt whether he will do it or desires to do it, 
or that it's his very nature to do it, to heal us, we will be unstable. And we should not suppose by this principle in James that we should expect to receive anything from the Lord. So you see how important it is for us to grow our expectation in God, in his word, in his promise. Too many people are struggling with unanswered prayer and remain sick, not because God wants them to, but because they haven't been recovered from having a double mind. It doesn't mean that they don't have faith at all, but it often means they lack the faith in a particular area because they don't know what God's will is and what the great faithfulness of God is in the things that he has promised. So we're going to now grow our faith so that we won't be double-minded anymore. Well, here's the great truth that has so tremendously developed my faith, and it's this. It's understanding that God Almighty, when he moves and operates, does it based on his covenant. He is a God of covenant. He is a God who is operating according to that which he has covenanted to his people. So let's answer this question. What does that mean? What does it mean that God makes a covenant? What is a covenant? Well, literally translated to covenant means to cut. And it had to do with the tradition in the Old Testament that covenants would be made by the shedding of blood to demonstrate that it was a binding agreement. Now, a lot of people today speak about covenant like it's a contract. Now, technically, that would be accurate. But the difficulty is that when we think about a contract, we often think about something that you can get out of. Well, a covenant was stronger than a contract. It was done with blood. It was done with a solemn agreement that there would be a faithfulness to it. And if somebody was not faithful to the covenant, there would be repercussions that were negative. So when God is describing that he is a God of covenant, when the word describes this about him, it means that God will do what he has committed to do. And where do we find the covenants of God? Well, they're in his word. They're throughout his word, but there are certain key covenants in the scripture that will really help us to understand how he has bound himself to the word of God, to his own promise and word. When we discover the covenants of God, we can discover exactly what he will be faithful to. Now, I'm going to say a very dramatic statement that may seem a bit curious at the beginning, but trust me, it will make sense. Here's the statement. God is not ultimately faithful to people. Now, that seems curious or strange to some because that's what they've been learning, that God is faithful to us. Well, yes, and praise God, he is faithful to us. But my statement said, God is not ultimately, primarily faithful to people. He's primarily faithful to himself. In Paul's second letter to Timothy in chapter 2, verse 13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. In fact, in the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 6, verses 13 to 19, we get this amazing truth. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing 
I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so we see this amazing reality that God has made and sworn by himself to do it. This means that it's going to be done because God cannot go against his word. In Romans chapter 4, verses 16 to 25, we get even further insight into this truth and what it did for Abraham's faith. It says in verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. This is awesome. The Bible's describing that Abraham's faith came from his belief that God would do what God promised to do. It says in verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So we see that great faith is going to emerge out of faith in God's promise to keep his promise. Well, we saw that in Exodus chapter 3, God was speaking to Moses and explaining to him, I see that my people are suffering. I see their labor, their cry. I know their sorrows, it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And it says in verse 8, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites. What the Bible is describing here is that God is revealing to Moses that I'm going to intervene in the midst of the bondage that the Israelites are experiencing because I made a covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And that's the significance of what we began to talk about in part one of the Let My People Go teaching. Look with me in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, and you begin to see the power of this. It says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God was describing, I am the God that made a covenant with Abraham to bless him and to bring him to a land. So when God is saying that he's come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, he's describing, I'm going to do this because I already covenanted to Abraham that this land is theirs. Now, it says to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And some people may think, well, why does it give that detail? Well, here's part of the reason. God is saying that nothing's going to stop me from performing my covenant to give this land to my covenanted people, Israel. And it doesn't matter if the Canaanites or the Hittites or the Amorites or the Perizzites or the Hivites or the Jebusites are there. I'm going to keep my promise. So there's this side of God that is being revealed in Exodus chapter 3 that he hears, he sees, and he knows, and he's compassionate, and he longs for his people to be free. He doesn't like their oppression. He doesn't like the pain that they're experiencing. But also in this text, He's revealing that he is motivated by his decision 
by his covenant, by his promise that his people will be a blessed people and all the people of the earth will be blessed through them. It says this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And you know what's amazing? Psalm 105 verse 37 reveals that when God delivered them, he did it by restoring their wealth and restoring their health. It says in verse 37, he also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. Oh, that's so awesome. None feeble means none that were weak. If you're sick, you're weak. You're not able to function. You're not able to move. You're not able to go where God's calling you to go. But God delivered and supernaturally strengthened an entire people to be able to make it to the promised land. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 22, Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Yes, Moses in the book of Deuteronomy was making that statement, reminding the people of Israel, you are prosperous because of God's covenant. And though you went down to Egypt with 70, God has been faithful, and now he's made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Folks, that's exactly what God showed Abraham that he would do. So when we look at this truth that God is going to do his word, it will empower your faith, empower your prayer. It will cause you to be able to discount and consider not anything to the left or to the right of what God has covenanted to do. This strengthened Nehemiah. He had an amazingly difficult and challenging task ahead of him. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 32, it says, Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy. He was encouraging the people and he pointed them back to God's covenant. By God's grace, that's what I'm aiming to do today in this episode number five, to direct each of you back to the covenanted promises of God. God promised to keep them safe. God promised to deliver them. In Exodus chapter 6, we see this expressly written in verse number 8. God says, And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Wow. God is saying, I am the Lord. I am above. I make covenant. I will be found faithful. Well, this is an amazing truth because when we begin to understand that God has covenanted not only to bring the children of Israel into the promised land, God has covenanted to all the sons and daughters of faith of Abraham to inherit the blessings and part of the blessing that God has covenanted is to heal mentally, physically, spiritually, to bring sozo, 
complete wellness, complete wholeness, complete shalom. But sometimes people will say, I've been praying, but things seem to get worse. And they begin to doubt God. Did you know that the same thing happened in Exodus? The same thing happened after God promised that he would deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians? You only need to go to Exodus chapter 5. And you'll see that the Pharaoh began to make the work and the oppression and the tasks and the burdens of the nation of Israel even worse. The Bible says that they were now not going to give any more straw to the people. It says in Exodus chapter 5, verse 7, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. You see, the nation of Israel begins to say, We need to get out of here. We need to get out of bondage. We need to get into the promise of what God's prepared for us. Moses is telling them it's time to leave. He's declaring, let God's people go. And what happens in response? Their work gets harder. The people begin to cry out and the people begin to doubt and the people begin to murmur. And it says in verse 21, and they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us aberrant in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. <laughs> the Bible says even in verse 22 that Moses had to go to the Lord and say, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Don't we feel like this? Don't we feel like we begin to pray the promises of God? We begin to declare the promises of God and things get worse. The sickness gets worse. The diagnosis may get worse. I want to tell you very strongly and very encouragingly that your circumstances and my circumstances don't matter when it comes to comparing them to the promise of God. When God has promised to do something in his word, he is going to be found faithful. Yes, the way may be rough. Yes, it will require faith. Yes, we have to hold on, but we cannot let go. Did you know that these Israelites began to rebel against their oppressor? This oppressor is the picture of the God of this world, the devil, the accuser of the brethren. And when you begin to take your stand and declare God's covenant, that sometimes that enemy will come even more fervently against you, that he will try to bind you. He will try to stop you. He will try to intimidate you. He will try to thwart you and hinder you and do whatever he can, that you will no longer believe that God will be found faithful. Well, what should a believer do in this instance? The believer, praise God, should declare, my God has said, my God has written, my God has covenanted, and you should stick to your faith 
that God will break through. Hallelujah. God will break through. We must remember that it is God's covenant to heal us. In Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5, it describes that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. This is a promise that was prophesied about the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Do you see it? Jesus Christ was fulfilling the prophetic word of Isaiah that we would be healed. I want to tell you a brief story before we close today about a gentleman who is in excruciating pain during one of our local church services. We had just finished our time of worship and he meets me right at the altar and says, Pastor Steve, we need to pray right now. I'm in excruciating pain. I'm in so much pain, I feel like I'm going to vomit. Pastor Steve, I have a kidney stone. I have felt this pain before. We need to pray right now. Well, right then, that man took God at his word, and we began to pray, and we began to call upon the God who keeps covenant. We began to call on the name of Jesus, and we commanded that kidney stone or stones to begin to break up. We commanded them to dissolve. We commanded them to disappear and to be broken up and be gone. We commanded his pain to be gone. And we did it in the name of Jesus, knowing that God is a God who keeps covenant. That man began to feel better. He sat down and he stayed for the entire service. And I remember just minutes after we prayed, a big smile on his face as he sat there listening to the word of God. And he said to me, I'm okay. I have no pain. Well, the story doesn't stop there. The gentleman went home later that day and in the evening was taking off his shirt. And when he took off his shirt, his wife happened to see the area around his kidney. And she said to him, look at your body. Oh my goodness, there's a bruise around where your kidney is. Well, he was able to look at it and see it. And to his shock, he saw Though less amount, but he saw the same type of bruising that happens when they perform what's called a lithotripsy. It's the procedure that doctors do to break up the kidney stones. And that man looked and saw that God had done a similar procedure because we prayed, God, break up those stones. But what he shared with me was why he believed he got that physical sign on his body. He was in prayer before he ever had that pain and was thinking, Lord, I really want to understand about your covenant and you work with signs and wonders. And he believed that God gave him a sign that said, though man didn't touch you, that God was faithful to take care of your problem. That man has not had any problems with those kidney stones since. These are the kinds of things that will break out in your life when you begin to take God at his word. 
We believe that God desires for us to go to him to pray and to seek the highest grace in his word. This man's faith compelled him to say, let us pray. Will your faith compel you to do the same? I pray so. And I pray this teaching from God's word has blessed you and is week by week building up your faith in God's desire and promise to heal you. It's time to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's time to believe that He is the Messiah, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. Well, I invite you to join me next week as we continue to build our faith in God's desire and power to heal us. And we look forward to hearing of the great things God is doing in your life. Remember, share this podcast with a friend, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.